play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. G'day, g'day. Welcome in to the continuation of the first show of 2021 for us here at the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Matty C. I'm your obnoxious commissioner, or I'll just go with commissioner. I don't mind. I don't mind. Whichever way you take it. Either way, I'm just back here to announce in that, hey, if you missed it, the first part of this episode has a great conversation where we break down some of the results of the owner's group survey that we had for the end of the season, and we go into some detail on at least one part of it, the kicker scoring changes with Sheriff Seahorse. So if you haven't caught that, it'll just be the next one down in the feed where you found this episode. Chill out and enjoy that. But it's also the continuation of the chat we started with Marky Mark Downey around. Hey, if you've never played Dynasty before in fantasy football, well, here's a little window into what it's like, how it is, and how to get started in it. Uh, we got into the weeds a little bit, but we're going to continue that conversation. And uh, I just want you to sit back and enjoy. And, and, you know, if you've never played Dynasty League football before, great chance to ask some questions about it. And even better people to ask about how you get into joining a league, because Mark and I are in so many leagues, and the churn in them is enough that often there's a team just waiting to be adopted at this time of year. So sing out to Marky Mark or I, and you can interact with us on facebook and instagram at astro league podcast and there will be a post up around these episodes for you to interact with as well that you can uh, just sort of sing it hey how do i get involved all right not going to mess around any further let's get back into the conversation with marky mark bring him in another guy who was being drafted like he died too was ty hilton he's a good receiver (laughs) he actually doesn't look great whole career has been defined by boom barkley or bust yeah or hurt and to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying a huge f you to the vinegar stroke well there's a couple of things i want to bookmark here for starters the idea of doing a draft where it's slower like that and you're just in a message group, the next person up, you call them out, they make their pick. They've got a few hours to make their pick too because often we find we're on different time zones to these people. Now, anyone who hasn't done one of those, that's a heap of fun. That's how we've done the Champions League each year. So anyone who's new to the Champions League, and there'll be a lot of new faces to the Champions League this year, that's how we're going to do that one. That's a heap of fun if anyone hasn't done that. But the, the other thing, I think, you know, taking over an orphan... Man, I can't imagine many people have got successful dynasty teams are stepping away. Have you taken over? What, like, what predominantly are the sort of teams that you've taken over in terms of their how, how they look set up for success? So, a lot of the ones I've taken over, there's bits and pieces that you know they might have a. One example that I took over was best player on the team was Russell Wilson. Then it was just a heap of middle of the road running backs. Um, couple of receivers, no real tight ends, uh, no real rookie draft picks either. So I imagine Oof. while I don't have a lot of history on the team, from looking at it, I'm assuming that they went really heavy in the, the startup draft at the time, loaded up on a heap of stuff, traded away their rookie value, and then they've sort of just realised that this thing isn't going to contend and it's going to be a big rebuild and just bailed on it. So Because um, a lot of these are free leads too, so there's not a lot of skin in the game. So if your heart's not in it, yeah, kind of just go, but... Um, yeah, so they're a lot of work because you don't, you know, if, if you if you want a real life example of that, you look at the LA Rams, like they've got no <laughs> no cap space, no no rookie picks. You know, how how do you rebuild that kind of thing? So um, that's that's essentially you've kind of got to sit on it for two <laughs> well, years. They're, they're sort of interesting. I mean, what about what about the Texans who aren't even winning? Plus, they've got no rookie capital. Plus. <laughs> 
Because I love the Texans. I love that they're losing because we now have a top three pick because of that. Thanks, Laramie Tunsil. Um, That's so good. Yeah. So for those who are playing at home, Mark is a Dolphins fan, by the way. The Dolphins homer. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's unapologetically sick with dolphin fever. Yeah, I am sick. <laughs> so that's the, the delineation, right? You've got a team like that. That's a rebuild. That's that's something that you're not going to win this year. You're probably not even competitive. Yeah, uh, and you're going to finish well in the bottom half of the league. The other half, you spoke to briefly. The idea of being a contender. Uh, talk us through what that's like. Yeah, so contender is you've got your team ready to to essentially contend for a, for a championship. So. Um, you know, you've got your, your balance right. You've got great starting lineup. You've got a heap of depth in case of injuries, um, and hence the roster depth. You, you need to be able to cover that. Yeah, so essentially you just, you're ready to run for a title. And really, the, you're one or the other in a dynasty. It's not it, – it's really hard to be a middle-of-the-road team. Like, you've got a few pieces here and there, but um, you've got no coverage in case of injuries. It's just there's too much that happens yeah. uh, in a season. Yeah, I think it's so, a wasting in the middle unless yeah. you know you're ascending and it's just that year in the middle. Yeah, pretty well. Like, you've, you you have to have – a. I find you've got to have a lot of assets behind you. You've, you've got to have a lot of, um, you know, maybe a really good running rookie running back that's sitting behind a vet that, you know, once they move aside like, – I'll use an example. So, A.J. Dillon's one that – I'm keeping an eye on. I've actually grabbed him. Yeah, keeper. same. Um, I've got him in a lot of leagues. <laughs> Aaron Jones and um, Williams are about to – their contracts are out. Green Bay have no cap space to re-sign them. So AJ Dillon's likely going to take over that role. I, I'd imagine, I can't see them re-signing either of them, uh, either Aaron Jones or Williams. So that's an example of that. So you sit on him for a year. He's not massively successful. Showed out last week. But, um, yeah, so Jimmy. next year he'll be a big buzz player. Um, he'll be like hot, the the hotness, won't he? He'll yeah, be, pretty well. All of a sudden, people will be offering you weird picks, exactly, like, to take him off your hands because it's better knowing what you've got versus going into the rookie pool, right? And just hoping to find a an AJ Dillon. Absolutely, yeah. Because that's the thing, I think, isn't it? The balance, right? If I'm playing redraft, I'm used to dealing with known quantities. I know Mark Ingram. I know, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Devonta. I know these players, and I know the value they have. I don't know what the hell a second-round pick is, if I'm new to this. Um, how, how do you get your head around the value of a draft pick? Essentially, if you if you look at it, the, the way I like to look at it is you've got you, your rookie picks are unhatched eggs. So they just sit there and they grow. So Oh, this is a nice thought. I like this already. Their, their best value is when the pick is on the clock. So you know what players are sitting there. And this is the benefit to having a longer format draft. So no time, like you've got a 24-hour pick clock. Yeah, the draft process is drawn out a little bit, but it's a lot more fun in terms of, you know, if I'm on the clock at 1-5 and I've, I've had, let's say, for example, in in this coming draft, you, you're going to have guys like Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle. If, they, if, if they're sliding and you've got a team that's desperate for, for a wide receiver, you can sit on the clock for six hours and just field offers. And, you know, like they might throw the farm at you and you okay, well, I'm just going to see what other people want. You know, as long as you make your pick within 24 hours, which in a full day, you know, even with a work, with work life, home life, you still find time to make a pick. So, yeah, that's that's so much fun. Yeah, um, actually, it's my favourite part of Dynasty is having a lot of picks and getting close to being on the clock or being on the clock and watching the messages come in. Yeah, yeah that's it. And, like, you might be sort of not even – you might be next up, so – um, on the board, but you've got you'll have messages coming through because other guys are watching these these players slide, and 
you know, that, that's that's the value game. Like, if you see someone slide far enough, it's almost worth jumping in to grab them. So, um, yeah, I just like the, the whole strategy around not necessarily even just playing fantasy football, but building a team and then sort of, I don't want to use the word dynasty because that's what it is, but essentially that's what you're trying to do is just build a, con- a continual winner um, that you don't have to put a lot of effort to week in, week out to set a lineup. Like, that's, I guess that's the, the idea of it. Okay, so that's a different thing too. So, I mean, guys who play redraft, they're looking at the wave wire each week, they're looking at their roster each week, they're balancing a lot of stuff, trying to get the urgency going, but it sounds like the urgency is just at a different speed and in a different spot with Dynasty. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, that's again, comes back to the value. Like, if you get on, on the right player early, uh, an example I've got is in the first one we ever joined, I got... Um, it was in the the year Alvin Kamara came out, so he he yes. I was on the board at one eleven, um, took him there, and then I think I traded him to you for a few later for two first round picks. He did. So you know, if you get someone, you're not going to get an Alvin Kamara every year, but if you get someone that's you know really good, like DK Metcalf slid almost into the second round in a lot of dynasty leagues. Now you can't buy yeah, him he for did. a first, so you know you've got to uh, yeah. Aaron Jones was the same. I got him as a third-round pick the year he was a rookie because he was still behind a whole bunch of stuff in Green Bay. Yeah. And like he's a top-five fantasy running back this year. And, yeah, same thing. It's just for a third-round pick, he's turned into someone you, you could get a haul for. Absolutely. I think that's the beautiful thing about it is that the market also is completely dependent on what the next guy will pay. Um, without getting too far into the weeds, what is it like when you are on the clock with a pick especially your first round pick because guys go a bit gaga for having their choice for the litter. You got one of those sort of top five picks and the messages start coming in. Can you give us a bit of a, an idea of what it's like to be fielding two, maybe three competing offers for the same pick and how you negotiate that? Yeah, so you just, you've just got to weigh up sort of what that player... So you, you do all your pre-draft analysis yourself. And I mean, again, some guys are good at it, some aren't, some care, some don't. Um, myself, I, I like to I, I sit there and I watch the rookie draft. I like to see teams trade up for a certain player because that then tells me that they that you combine that with the combine and sort of where they've come from, um, all the analysts' uh, notes on them. You get an idea of sort of how valuable they're going to be. So, yeah. um, you you just got to weigh up how important that player that's on the clock is to you. Then I guess you you have a look at what's being offered. If they if they're selling the if they're willing to sell the farm to you for for one guy, you know it might be worth your while to take it. But I guess you've also got to be honest about where your team is. If you're contending, yeah, and you want to, you know, you've got like a, a Zeke for example on the clock. Somehow you've ended up in a really high pick, um, and he can just slot straight into your lineup. Great, take it. But if um if you're rebuilding... Well, say you're a bad team well, yeah, if you... and you've got a pick like that where Zeke would have been the 101 that year, right? No no questions asked. And you've got three guys coming and knocking on your door who've got sort of varying top half of the league sort of finishes from the year before. And they all still want to stay up there. So they want your red-hot running back that you're about to pick. How, how do you negotiate a couple of people coming and knocking on your door knowing that to be 101, you're, you're a bad team? Yeah, so... Um... If, if you are in total rebuild mode and you can get multiple first-round picks across a couple of years, you'd almost take it because then you're guaranteed to have valuable assets going forward for the next 
two, three years, depending on what you've traded. Um, that value then can be rolled into more value. So it's you're just accumulating value, and then it's just up to you to decide. Again, so you're doing constant assessment of your team. So if you finish, say, uh, one, one and 13, one year, um, and then yep. the next year you end up sort of four four wins, um, you know that you, you're sort of you, you're getting better. So you'd almost sort of look at the value and say, okay, well, maybe if I roll these picks forward one more year and then I start to either sell them for uh, quantifiable players. So, you know, maybe you can get a back end running back one if someone wants to refresh and get a, a younger player. Um, yeah. So, you know, use like Mark Ingram earlier as an example. So someone like him two years ago would have been a probably a good target um, and you'd offload – you know, like a like a, like a Fournette kind of thing. So that sort of example. So someone that you, someone's willing to to get the fresh, brand shiny new toy, um, and they'll sell you something that you know that you're going to get. You know, anywhere ten to twenty points out of that. That would be a win for for some people. Now, someone comes to you with an offer like that, but then another team at the top end comes to you with another offer too, saying, "Oh, well, I'll give you." a sort of similar range offer. How, how do you start dissecting the difference between these two and what's important to you? What, how, how do you then go between these people and talk to them? So when I'm looking at players, more so than picks, it's it's looking at obviously which player it is, what sort of contract they've got, um, what sort of production they've had. You'd sort of look at, I guess, you'd look at path to targets, whether anything's changed on the team, so whether the offensive coordinator is... is is changed or um, head coach has changed. Any, any type of actual change to the team structure is important. So, you know, one, uh, one that I'm taking into this off season is you look at Buffalo, right? So they've gone, yeah. they've gone bonkers. And everyone's talking <laughs> about Josh Allen as being this great all-star quarterback. Well, he hasn't grown into this. This is something's happened schematically for him to do this. So, if that offensive coordinator gets a head coaching job or moves on, straight off him. There's, I won't touch. Like I wouldn't touch that offense because I've seen what Josh Allen can be. So yeah. So you're sort of thinking second level now. You're not just thinking about oh, I've seen this guy. He's in an offense. He throws it around the park. Yep. Yeah, he finished number three last year. I should, I should be happy to have him. You're sort of thinking a bit further down the garden path. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you, know, you look at guys like say Stefanski, for example, coming out of. Baltimore, I've got that right. Uh, from the Vikings, Vikings, yeah, purple team. Vikings, right? <laughs> yeah, same purple team. Um, so Stefanski coming out of out of Vikings. You know, look at how inept that offense is outside of Dalvin Cook. You know, you've got Justin Jefferson that's okay, but Adam Thielen is just like he's gone from someone you could plug and play to. You know, you got to ask yourself some questions. One, his age too. I guess now yeah. this is another thing we haven't even brought up yet. His age True. for receivers. They can play till they're older. It's just it's not as punishing a position as running backs. So once running backs start to get to 28, people start to freak out. Well, wide receivers, I mean, what is Thielen? Is this his 31 or 32 age season? Yeah, like I'd say so. It's, it's, that sounds right. I mean, you can't light receivers up like you can running backs. Like there's, No, that's true. They get they're protected a bit. Yeah. But uh, I, I think you're right. Like you, you have seen Thielen miss games in each of the last few seasons. Jefferson's brand, brand new, new and looks the part. You know, that, that offense has still got some nice green shoots in it. But which part of that offense do you want to piece off, I guess, yeah. right? You take the known quantity, right? But if there is no known quantity, then it's sort of you've you got to weigh up whether it's worth it or not. Are you, are you willing to take the risk? 
because um, essentially, if they're coming to buy your asset, you're the one that's going to have to take the risk. All right. So this is just a question about a known asset. Then I'm sorry. I've I've really just we started with the script, and I'm just asking questions. No, that's I think fine. Now, and I'm so sorry. That's the best way to do. A player like Thielen, he's a polarizing guy, right? Because he's 32 years old. What kind of team would benefit in a trade for a guy like that? Because those guys can be cold product pretty quick when you start saying, oh, he's 31, 32 years old. How many seasons does he have left? He's already been injured a few times the last couple of years. What kind of team benefits from trading for a guy like that? Someone's got to own him. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were if you were looking for, say, a wide receiver two or majority of my leagues, you've got sort of two flex positions. If you're looking to fill one of those with just consistent, he might get four or five catches, 50, 60 yards. He's going to near enough get you 10 points. That's pretty good for a, for a flex. Um, That you can, you can sort of just plug in that position. Don't really have to worry too much about he's going to lay an egg um, unless Cousins does, but we're not crossing (laughs) that bridge. So, just the way the rosters are set up, you've just got a bit more flexibility for starters. Yeah. But, and, okay, I've got two flex spots. Everyone in my league's got two flex spots. Which team's going to be best having a guy like that who doesn't have a long future left, might not be the most consistent guy anymore because he does get hurt a little bit. Someone's got to own him. Who's the best team to own him? The the 12 and 2 team or the 2 and 12 team? No, you can, or the yeah, six, and, six and 8 team. Yeah, contending team. You'd, you'd have that sort of that player to carry you through your playoffs and it could be a difference maker at that position. Boom. Hmm. That quick, that simple. If you're contending, you don't need to think about the future because you want to win it now. That's yeah? it. If you're if you're in a position to win a title, you win the title because they they're too they're too hard to win. So yeah, I think that's brilliant insight actually because the difference between redraft and that is that next year you don't automatically go to being one of the contenders. You just it just doesn't happen that quickly generally. No. No, and you see, like you can see that for for the guys that play in the keeper league, there, there's a couple of guys like Joel's been in the playoffs nearly every single year. I feel like, um, and you know, I think he might have been. Kudos to him for winning it too, because you know he's, yeah. he's been close and finally got over the mark. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, so he's actually done a terrific job of staying relevant in a league for that's five or six seasons we've had that league, and he's always been in that top half, which is hard to do, uh, but that shows the evolution of it too. That if you if you're clever about what to do, you can stay there. But gee, it's hard to be, it's hard to be very good. Yeah. It's easy to be very bad. It's difficult enough to be on the better side of average. Man, it's hard to be very good. Well, it's it's hard to to maintain the studs that are going to maintain that high level value. Normally, like you, you might have one good year with a heap of guys that have just flashed, uh, but then they'll regress yeah. back to the mean. To have players that are consistently putting up those massive numbers to get you over the top of teams that are also very good. Um, you know, look at a team like Adams, who he's just loaded with stars. He's very unlucky to have lost McCaffrey for um, majority yeah. of the season. So, you know, a team like that would, probably would have finished a lot higher and probably been a real threat. Um, yeah. yeah. So, Mate, look, we've talked about what it is like to be in a league that's already functioning now and being honest with yourself about where you are, having a good map of what the other teams in your league are like and knowing you can reach out to them and talk. What's it like when you join a league that hasn't even begun yet? Because for redraft, man, we do a draft every year and you kind of know who's valuable and there's a thousand analysts out talking about who's valuable in redraft. How the hell do you approach starting a dynasty from a draft where nobody has any players and how's that draft different from the one we do? 
So you need to firstly decide on what platform you're going to use. And the most popular one I've found is, is ESPN. Um, yeah. As long as you've got uh, a good sort of side chat site. So we use GroupMe um, for a lot of ours. Um, yeah, we same do. Sort of, same sort of thing as Messenger, but it's not as invasive. You're not on people's social media. It's more of just a, a quick chat function um, with a couple of different rooms and the ability to direct message as well. So um, it's fairly – I found it really useful for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so once you've decided your platform, decide on, obviously, scoring, which typically it's it's ESPN standard scoring, which is half-point PPR. Um, throw in some bonuses, I guess, that you agree on. So all that normal sort of league setup stuff. Yeah. Once you've done that um, – Look, depending on sort of how you want to run it, I, I one league that I commissioned for for a couple of years, I ran uh, randomizer to start, um, just randomly pick the draft order, let guys sort of uh, start to work off mock drafts. So um, every so you got PFF that do a player ranking every year. Um, they'll do it for redraft and for dynasty. So obviously players are going to have different values long term. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, so they're, they're, they're fairly helpful sites. Um, ESPN do one as well. Yeah, it just sort of depends on who who you trust and who you listen to. Well, and to me, for instance, oh, Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas are going to be pretty high wide receivers in redraft. We see that every year. Great. But, man, they're also going to be pretty high in Dynasty too because they've both got long careers left. Absolutely. But that's not the same for every player, right? Just because he's hot in redraft doesn't mean he's a great prospect for dynasty, right? No, no, that's true. Yeah, so as you said, age age is important. Like you've got to, they've got to have a, a decent career ahead of them. They've got to have paths to touches, um, and that's where team structure is is important. Like if you know you've got a situation, I want to. Good situation I think of is at the moment at Pittsburgh. You've got Juju who was hot for a year or two. Um, yeah. Now we've seen Claypool come in. They got Deonta Johnson. Oh, and he's playing well. Fairly hot receivers, and Juju's going to be up for a contract. I think this coming off season. So, you know that that sort of situation. You you probably if you were doing a startup this year, before free agency, um, you probably would you'd be very careful on Juju because it just depends on where he's going to end up. If he stays in Pittsburgh, you know I. I I certainly wouldn't have traded James for him in redraft. You're welcome, James. <laughs> I think you're making a great point about Juju because he's a perfect person for this ride, Marky. He's like 23 or 24. He's very young, so he's got wherever he signs his next contract, he probably has a contract beyond that. So yeah. long term, woo, sky's the limit. But whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so we've seen him on one system. He's been pretty good when he's not the A receiver, like the big dog. And he's actually yeah. been okay when he is the big dog, kind of. He's actually a perfect person to talk about because you have to then decide yourself what your opinion on him is, rightly or wrongly, yeah. and act on it, right? Oh, yeah. he'll be fine. I'll keep him. Mm, I'm nervous. I should sell him and try and get what I can for him. That's, and that's it. Like, what's, what's the best time to sell on him? You know, you look at AB. So if his value is going up and down, up and down, depending on sort of where he is in his chaotic life <laughs> his journey let's call it a uh, journey <laughs> yeah like he his value when you know last year when he landed with the patriots again like people were buying him for first round picks you know yeah. and then you know if you were lucky enough to get out from him you know before that extra that other suspension came in good for you but you know if you if you didn't you had to sit on him then 
for another year, another off season of whether he's going to play again or not. Andrew Luck's another one. Like I've, I've, I kept him in dynasty. I think up until this year. Yeah. Just in case he came back, because you know you don't want to be the guy that dropped him and then someone scooped him up and. Well, Gronk's the example there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another great people one. People were dropping Gronk. People were dropping Josh Gordon before he came back for the Seahawks and the Patriots. I mean, I don't you think we'll see Josh know. Gordon again now, which is a real shame. And, and this, that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, okay. I think that's a really good sum up of having an opinion on a guy because I think we, you kind of have to have an opinion on a guy anyway for redraft. You kind of have to. You got to decide if a guy's worth your pick or not. Um, uh, but I guess there's just more to consider. When... Well, your redraft, you don't have time to marinate anything. It's just you take the pick, and if it doesn't work out, then it's on to next year. But if you if you take a, a young enough guy in a reasonably good situation, he doesn't have a great year, you know, if you're patient enough to wait, sometimes it can work out for you. Just, again, it, it's part of the whole assessment thing. You're going to see where your team's at. If you're contending, then you probably need to just try and sell it and get what you can. If you're not quite there yet and you're still building, then maybe you've got time to sit on that asset. Just just depends on where you're at. I can't imagine, too, there's a real line between the people who feel like they want to win now, and that's kind of the way their personality is built. They like that. And the slow builders, the guys who actually kind of like to take something from sand and turn it into a brick and then turn those bricks into a house. Yeah, well, that's and that's, you know, again, you've got to, come back to that relationship you know if you if you're just sending gutter trash trades to people you know you're just going to burn a trade partner so that's where you've, it's look for win-win where you can um oh, that's good know, you, you, you might win a you know i i, I don't I, i'm not strong at trading um but i don't look to maximize look to win every single trade i'll try and get the best value i can but you know if i've got to take a slight hit um but i feel that's really good for that relationship with that owner um, and I feel like come rookie draft time, I'll be able to get something else out of that. Cool. I'll do it. Swings and roundabouts, eh? A little bit. Take, yeah. take a small hit earlier because you know you can probably get them to overpay later in your win then. <laughs> just, show, just show people that you're reasonable. That's, that's, that's what I feel. Oh, like that's good you, advice. If you come across as someone like you're really hard to deal with, well, you're just never going to get anything done. Every time they see a private message from you come up, it's going to be, oh, I don't want to touch it. Oh, that guy. That yeah. fucking guy. <laughs> no one in here knows Jacob, but you do. And that guy. Uh, that fella. Man. If you're listening, Jacob. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he's not listening. But I think this brings us to 2021. Uh, yes. There is a big gap between where we are today, where, you know, the NFL regular season is, is just finishing up and there's a long way to go before, you know, everyone's declared for the draft, before free agency happens, before rookie combines, before pro days and the NFL draft itself. So we've got a lot of water to go under the bridge. Probably a bit early to talk to about too many players, but, I mean, for 2021, how is it shaping up? What what do you think the 2021 rookie draft is going to be like? Uh, look, I based on the board as of today, and obviously the, a bit can change in the last week in terms of really you know, sort of top five picks, um, yeah. look, it, there could be a bit of movement. Um, depending on, I think if Texans lose this week, Miami have a top three pick, and a lot of the talk is they're going to, if there's going to be three quarterbacks at the top of the draft, um, between obviously Lawrence is going to go first overall. That's there's no question there. Um, yep. The number two pick to the Jets, 
Um, and I've, I've actually got some predictions for you. I've got I've, I've picked out a handful of guys that I'm fairly going to declare. Love um, this. Let's hold you to some things. Let's do it. I'm gonna, like Taylor talk. <laughs> I'm going to pick some homes for them. Love this. As to whether they take uh, Wilson or whether they take Fields. Um, personally, I think they'll take Wilson, but anyway. And then that'll leave the third pick open. So I feel like someone will be willing to move up to try and take Fields. So could be a bit of movement on the board fairly early, which would be good. It's yeah. always fun to see that. Teams are willing to pay a lot of future equity to buy the guy now. Is that the same in dynasty trading in fantasy? Yeah, but not in the same way. So I've, I've heard, I think it was Cowherd said, it's a very miserable job if you're going to work and you don't have the right quarterback. So <laughs> um, like teams, obviously, if, if there is a good quarterback, they'll sell a lot to get that. Yeah. Uh, we saw with the Rams with Goff, that trade was probably the biggest one maybe, or was it the Wentz? Well, and the no, Redskins the trading one. to get RG3 with the Rams yeah, was there you also go. a big one. Yeah, yeah there you go. So uh, Wentz was a big one. Trubisky was a big one. Yeah, Trubisky was, that's right, massive. Yeah, there's um, been some big trades. Yeah, But, so I mean, got... that's a quarterback in the NFL, so that's a pretty important position. Yeah. I mean, it, the first pick in the NFL draft, that doesn't necessarily translate to being the first pick in a dynasty draft, does it? No, no, those players aren't always the same thing. It just, it again, depends on... So I, I've, well, actually, I've got a perfect... So in one of my dynasty leagues, it's Superflex, so um, two quarterbacks... Um, yeah. In a lot of those, Kyler Murray two years ago was the number one pick. Like, he's just, yeah. He's got the dual threat. We've seen that work enough now to say, if he, as long as he's relatively accurate, so he's not Lamar Jackson, <laughs> long term. Oh, gee, Lamar Jackson, a terrible two quarterback league quarterback. <laughs> I'm joking. He's terrific. Any of these guys with the floor of running, it makes up for a lot of, you know, it's a bit of a deodorant for if they're not a terrific passer. Yeah. But then if you have a good passing year like Jackson did last year, uh, then bang, all of a sudden they're mega-powered. And in a two-quarterback league, that's pretty valuable because you're starting 20 quarterbacks every week. By the time everyone's got a third backup, now a third is a backup. Now now all of a sudden there's nearly nobody left. So getting a rookie quarterback with a path to starting is hugely valuable. Pretty in well, a standard uh, dynasty, though, would that also be the case? Nah, not unless you are like there was a Trevor Lawrence and you are desperate for someone to start. Um, maybe, but it's not it's not a high value position in that space. Um, it, it, there's no real difference between dynasty and redraft in terms of that. So we see in in Astro uh, a big rush of running backs go fairly early. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the same thing. Like you've got yeah, you know, last year you had Edwards Hilaire, you had Swift come off the board pretty early. Yeah, um, Jonathan Taylor was pretty high up in Dynasty. Dobbins was off the board fairly early as well. So he's one that yep. you, you would hope next year, if you've sat on him all this year, that you know he'll start to repay some of that. So it's a different game because now once you remove all the veteran players and you're just left with rookies, there's same. it's the same kind of thing as a, dynasty, as a redraft, sorry, except, except it's such a smaller pool, right? So the most valuable position people are trying to replace often is running back because they turn over so quickly. There's a really strong receiver, a guy like a Jerry Judy, who, yeah, he had a rough year this year, but, you know, he's going to have 12 years in the league. It'll be fine. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, who probably blew up a bit more than I think people were expecting. Those guys, yeah, they'll go in the first round, and, and fair enough, because they're pretty can't-miss prospects, given the length of the career they're going to have. 
and then quarterbacks, right? It's just kind of the same as a redraft in that respect, but just with all the veterans taken out. Yeah, pretty well. And as you say, it's a smaller pool. So, you know, you've got to you get your first round right uh, as best you can. Um, second round, you know, swing for the fences, see what you can get kind of thing. Um, yeah, so same, same sort of strategy, but it's not – it's only – your rookie draft will only ever go four to five rounds. won't go much Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Okay, if you've got four rounds typically, right – how many people are going to know four rounds worth of rookies? What do you so, do in your fourth round? So you do – well, truth be told, a lot of the leagues sort of – a lot of the guys you see sort of check out after the third round because then it is literally <laughs> a lot of undrafted guys. Um, you get a lot of, like, deep depth chart guys, some practice squad, uh, squad guys. Just It just depends on sort of how many are in the league and how many picks are off the board at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, I've seen just, some leagues allow you to pick up free agents with late round rookie picks too. So, yeah. you know, yeah. if there's a tight end who's then moved in free agency, who's now a, a tight end two somewhere where someone's had to just cut him to make room for their own rookie picks, you might use your rookie pick in the third round or fourth round to go pick that guy up. Because whatever, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Pick the rookie tight end you've never heard of playing in, you know, third tight end at Tennessee or something? No, oh, probably not. <laughs> so I've seen leagues probably allow not. that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I've had guys, I've seen in drafts where guys just they they get to a point where they've got no one left on on the board that they that they've obviously set up for themselves, and so I'll just skip the pick. So they just don't pick uh-huh. anyone. Class, uh, I like that. Yeah. yeah, and so then I'll fill that roster spot once um, the rosters are all updated and they can free agencies open, they can just grab a waiver. So and that works too. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, so you ready? For, you ready for some predictions? Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like we've been down a really good process part of how dynasties work. I'm gonna I'm gonna take some uh, pleasure in having you go and stick your flag on a few guys. Let's let's do this. I'm ready to go. So I've only broken down so 14 guys I've picked out that I'm wow. fairly certain will all declare this year, and I'm just gonna plant my flag on a couple of teams that I think will draft them. And there's, there's a couple of bold ones in here, but willing to. Man, um, be I'm willing to. I'm willing to go down imagination lane. Let's have some so, fun with this. So I'll uh, I'll go down position by position. So start at quarterback, go to running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So quarterback, I'm not going to be bold with this first one. Jags are taking Trevor Lawrence. If they don't, then your GM deserves to be shot. Yeah, I don't know that he's not going to get shot anyway, but <laughs> it's a great place for a new GM and a new coach this year. Yeah, that's it. Take the best uh, guy. Take the, uh, the generational talent. I've got... Justin Fields, I think, will go to Detroit. I think they'll trade up to number three. And wow. Take- yeah. And I was just thinking before when you said about, oh, if you're desperate for a quarterback in Dynasty, you'd take Lawrence in the first round. So, God, what would I need to be in terms of desperation to have to be dragging out a first-round quarterback in Dynasty? And I thought, what if I had Stafford and Rivers? That's... <laughs> That would be the the time I'd be nervous enough to probably throw a high pick at a quarterback. Absolutely, and I, I think that Stafford's time there. You know, the rumors are around that he, you know, he'll move on. You know, you got New England yeah. who aren't anywhere near drafting a quarterback that would be anywhere near as good as he is. So, um, you know, that could always happen. And he's probably better than Cam. He's yeah, probably better than Cam, mate. We're better than Cam. <laughs> and I can't even see over linemen. 
We've never, we've never liked my camp. We, we are so not the people that talk camp. But, <laughs> mate, I like the take. I like the take that Stafford won't be in uh, Detroit. I think yep. you're right. And they'll be in the sweepstakes. That probably sounds about right. Uh, next one, I've got Zach Wilson, who is everyone's darling at the moment. He's hype train yeah. full steam ahead. Um, I've got him going to the Jets. I just think that he is more their style rather than Fields, who's your, your runaround. I think, obviously, they're going to have a new coach, so I don't know that coach is going to want to hitch his wagon to Darnold, although I don't think there's anything wrong with Darnold. I think he'll be successful wherever he ends up next. Yeah, we've both been Darnold defenders. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Just Adam Gase finds a way to ruin people. So, <laughs> uh, yes. next, next one I've got, Trey Lance. I've got him going to the Colts, so there's your Rivers one. Um, I, Rivers obviously isn't the long term there, and he's a big enough body that good arm um, can get everyone involved. You know, he's never going to be what they had in Andrew Luck, but good enough for now, kind of thing. Well, so I heard somebody's take. It was Nick Wright uh, saying that there's going to be a lot of Colts fans hoping that Philip Rivers takes that high school coaching job for next year. But, I mean, what that means is, yeah, you're kind of throwing Jacob Eason out with the bathwater as well. No path for him. Well, he, That was he the said, guy they drafted this year. I'd look at him like Stidham. Like, if he was going to do it, you know, he'd be there. He'd be in there doing it. So, you know, yeah. I, 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 mean, I, don't, I don't see it. I understand it, but I think, you know, if you were ever going to take a late quarterback who didn't want to start day one, otherwise you'd be taking an early quarterback... Uh, is there a veteran that would be any better to sit behind for a year and learn from as a, you know, the journeyman old, seen it all a bunch of times quarterback than Philip Rivers? You could. Uh, so Trey Lance is still uh, projected as a first round pick. So yeah. you could. But I mean, you look at their roster. What else do they need? Defense, it, is, right? defense is great. Offense is great. Receivers everywhere. Just need the guy to deliver the ball. So that's where I think that someone like that. um, Yeah. Next guy I've got is Kyle Trask, who I've got him going to Steelers. That'll be fun. I mean, the Mason Rudolph experience there has been (laughs) a wild one. Uh, And Benny, he's he's showing the signs of wear. Yeah, that's it. So I've got him there. And then Mac Jones from Alabama going to the Washington football team. Now, if there's a team who need a quarterback. They need a quarterback <laughs> so bad. Yeah, he's at the playoffs. I don't understand. Mate, I will cheer for Alex Smith above anyone who's not a Dolphin because I just love seeing that guy succeed after what he's gone through. Um, he's just not a guy I can ever hate. I think he's a, he's a, he just seems like a good guy. I would go and have beers with that guy. Well, you would have to not have a soul or you'd have to be TC to hate Alex Smith, I think. I mean... <laughs> That's a bit of a cheap shot. Sorry, TC, I do love you. Uh, no, you would have to be just an abominable human, I think, to not enjoy the success of seeing Alex Smith come all the way back from essentially a career-ending injury and to turn that into a, oh, you know, I'll, I'll show you I can, and to get all the way back and play well as well. Yeah, um, through a touchdown. Ha- yeah. How do you not enjoy that story? So, yeah, but, I mean, he's he's obviously not the answer and he's uh, he's got injury concerns Still, so yeah, can definitely see that there's a dawn of a new era in Washington. They're still going to be the football team for one more full season. So if they can get one more full season out of Alex Smith while they blood their next guy, start the next guy with a new logo, all that sort of stuff. That that would be that would be really great. Exactly, he's a decent arm. It'd be fun. 
He'd be fun. Who doesn't like a guy called Mac? It's very, it's very American. Very American name. Because <laughs> yeah. if you're Aussie, it'd be Macca. <laughs> exactly. Macca. Um, so that's my quarterbacks done. So All right. I like him. That's, that's really fun. That the, field one is pro- the field's one's probably my, um, my bold one. Yeah. Like Gosh, could you mention that? Mm. Imagine Detroit with an interesting and dynamic offense. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm really, <laughs> yeah, really trying to. It would take something like that. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Running back. Running back. What do you got? So this is probably. I'm just looking down my list. This is probably the boldest one I've got. So Travis Etienne. Yeah. I think I I can see Jerry going after him. I can see Jerry having enough of Zeke. All that money he's paying him with no production. I can see them dipping back into the running back pool, and Etienne's going to ball out in these bowl games. And I think. I could see him. It's going to be too much. Jerry's going to be too enamored. I think so. Jerry <laughs> it's likes the CD Lamb effect. So oh. I could see them dipping back into the running back pool. And if you're going to go after one, if he was going to go after one, you could see him going there. Wow. So Jerry's the guy who trades for a player. He's not the kind of guy who trades away a player. Mm. Gosh. I, oh, man. He's going to trade away an expensive contract for a guy that's not producing. And it's not necessarily yeah. his fault. We know the line's not, really. not what it was, but still. Yeah. And no Dak hurt, you know, just stack the box against a bad O-line with all those injuries. I get it. That's an expensive contract to be a uh, under-500 team with a guy like that. Uh, I'd love to see what Jerry does to move Zeke on. That would be endless fun to watch that happen. That would be ESPN for two whole weeks <laughs> talking well, about that. I would love that. If by some miracle Adam Gay stays in the Jets, you could absolutely see him trading for him. It's just something he'd do. Or if Bill O'Brien came back to the Texans, he'd probably trade for him. (laughs) Maybe Bill O'Brien to the Jets. There you go. There you go. There you go. (laughs) I'd love that. In division. It'd be wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be one less team to worry about. Correct. All right. Um, ETN going to the Cowboys. Write that down. uh, Najee Harris. Um, I would love him to end up Miami, but I, I think he'll come yeah. off the board before our second pick. So um, I've got him going to Tampa Bay. Wow. To Tampa me, Bay. He's a three-down running back that he wanted with Fournette, but Fournette's just not that. Um, he can do everything. He can block. He can obviously run run downhill, pass catch as well. So does a bit of everything. So I think he will be the piece that that offense needs. Wow. That'd be fun. I mean, for the years they've got Tom there. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. It won't be fun the minute Tom's not there, but <laughs> that is true. And I've all I mean, these how much fun has and... it been seeing Tampa Bay actually win? I mean, I've, even I've enjoyed that. Again, they're not sort of they're, they're the Alex Smith of a, as a team. Can't hate them. <laughs> Can you hate them? Can't, or hate, can't hate them. Well, they've never been a threat, so they've kind of been cute, <laughs> like Cleveland. It's, it's like, like oh, Seattle before the Legion of Boom crap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's kind of like Jags. Like, we don't threaten anybody. We had one fun year where people were like, yeah, everybody who's not a New England fan loves the Jags for <laughs> an hour of their life. And then we just go straight back to being hopeless again. And, it's, you know, that's kind of fun. Uh, you're going to be interesting with Trevor, man. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Enough of me talking about the Jags. I'm going to keep bringing it back to the Jags. If you that's like. fine. I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> Najee, okay, I like that. Send, send Najee Harris over to Tampa Bay. I've got that one written down too. All right, what's next? So last running back, only because there'll be others, obviously. But, yeah, the last oh, yeah. one that I know will come out is Chubba Hubbard. Chubba! He is going to the Washington football team. Wow. That's a big one. Yeah. So I just think they're going to load up on offense. They've got their defensive piece. They've got the you know they've got one of the best pass rushes in recent memory. 
Um, Chase Young changed everything there. But, I mean, they were already okay, but, yeah, they're just I mean, different he's, now. He's Nick Bosa without the injuries. So, he's guy's just a beast. So, Same. I think the defense is fine. They're just going to have to load up on offense. So, that's why I've got them going quarterback and running back. Um, they've got receivers, so no yeah. doubt you there. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Let's put him there. I mean, he and Antonio Gibson, that sounds like a bit of a crowded dance card, but let's just do it. Done. So, on to wide receivers. So, this one I hope pans out more than anything. I, I want Devonta, back, Devonta Smith back with Tua. Oh, I'm hoping we fun. get him with our second pick. So, Gee, all of a sudden, the Dolphins' offense would look really great. You know, Gaskin looks terrific. Just need someone to lift uh, the lid. Parker's great when he's healthy, but can't separate. So... Well, but Preston Smith's been fun, and he's just been a bit hurt. It would be nice if he could stay on the field. I've enjoyed year. watching him. Yeah, injured every year. He was undrafted, so, again, he was free, pretty much. So Yeah, just kind of found him. and he, I, I, I've found it hard not to cheer for him. So I'm going to hope that one works out. I'll be very happy if it does. Uh, <laughs> next on the list, Jalen Waddle. I've got him going to the Giants. Oh, that'll be fun. Because mm. the Giants, I'm not scared of anybody there. Even Darius Slayton kind of started hot and then just disappeared. Has yeah. anyone seen Darius Slayton? No. They just need someone to lift the lid. So they've got, you know, yeah. they've got all these mid mid threats between sort of Engram, Slayton, Shepard when oh, he's Shepherd. out there. Yeah, with your low 4-3, 4-2 speed, depending on what he clocks at. So it's really going to stretch, the, open the field up. So And that'd be good for Saquon too. Good for Saquon. And that Jones has shown he's happy to be mobile and run around. Absolutely. And that always helps running backs. I mean, you see what it... It's like when you've got a quarterback who can move the pocket around in places like Kansas and sort of thing. So, I don't know. Joe Judge has definitely shown he can do a bit with the offense, even if the offense hasn't got great pieces. Yeah, absolutely. And again, defense, like defense is, is solid. So, they just it's more of just got to get the offense moving. Yeah. Um, Jamar Chase, as much as I would love him to, to end up in Cincinnati just, just for football, um, to get him back with Joe Burrow, um, I've got him going to Philly because they just need a receiver. Don't know what's going to happen with where you assume Wentz is gone, so it's going to be Jalen Hurts throwing to him. What on earth has happened in Philadelphia, by the way? I don't know. What even on earth is going on in that place? Knowing my life, every Wentz year is... they need a receiver. Every year, yeah. Don't they draft them every year? Yet they still need them. They said, yeah, Rager last year just didn't do anything. So, uh, but you've we've seen what Jamar Chase is. He's, he, he can do a lot. He can do a lot with. But, you know, then, so they, they do all this maneuvering around running back, so they've always got some production out of running back. Yep. They do that big deal with Wentz that seems kind of like a ripoff. And then by the next year in the market correction, everyone sort of who was signing after Wentz signs bigger deals than Wentz. Now Wentz actually kind of seems like a bargain. Then he plays like a bag of shit, and now it seems like a ripoff again. I, I just don't understand. I, I just don't understand quarterback in Philadelphia I, I, in the slightest, Marky. I've got no idea. That fan base is way too brutal for him to be playing like this because then he... Uh, yeah, I mean, he, they're going to chase walk. him out of town in your read style, and then he's going to turn up somewhere and play well, right? He can't walk the... He, surely he can't walk the streets. He must get someone to do his shopping for him because... <laughs> <laughs> well, can you imagine... Indianapolis just go and pick him up? <laughs> can, can you imagine going to work... And seeing the statue of the guy that filled in for you while you're on holidays or uh, injured at the front of every day you've got to walk past that and go, that guy. He doesn't even play here anymore. Yeah. He's had two different teams <laughs> and play badly at both those other teams too. Gee, that'd be depressing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, Philly. Okay, give him a receiver. Let's do that. And imagine if they had a really good receiver. 
Yeah, so again, a guy that can lift the lid if he has to, great hands, good route running. You know, like we... an Amari Cooper. Yeah, 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 a little bit. That's, that's good. Kind of like an Amari Cooper. Yeah. Can get downfield, but can do all the other stuff underneath. Can run after Proficient, catch. professional. Yeah. Going to make it. Absolutely. So my last wide receiver, um, I've gone with Rashad Bateman, who's kind of like a, a juju, a little bit. Got him going to the Vikings to sit opposite Justin Jefferson. So he'll be like the um, sort of sit over the middle of the field, make the make the big catch if he needs to. Whereas Jefferson has shown he can do a lot this year with co-cousins, yeah. which is not easy to do. Props to him. Yeah, he's been like a Swiss Army knife receiver and then just needs somebody to reliably pick up everything else. Yeah, so he's a good red zone guy. He can go up and get the ball if he needs to. So I've got him going to the Vikings. Now, the Kirk Cousins experiment there, that must be getting close to ending too, right? So, uh, so that, that could be an interesting scenario. Was his contract fully guaranteed? That's only... Uh, it was like the first fully guaranteed contract, but it was short. It was three years. And, it, like, you can sign much longer deals, but typically most or all of the first three years are going to be pretty close to guaranteed anyway. So it's, it was cute saying, oh, the first fully guaranteed contract. But, you yeah, know, you're pretty much paying your quarterback up front for the first three years on a long deal anyway. Yeah. And all the money while you guarantees it. after it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, what do you know about five years' time today? So it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, it's just a cute way of avoiding having to do the awkward conversation about you've still got two years left on your contract, but we're going to let you go. <laughs> could be a, uh, a good landing spot for one Carson Wentz, maybe. Oh, could you imagine that? Wentz and Rogers in the same division. That'd be fun. Along with, you know, newly found star quarterback Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Justin Fields, apparently. So Justin Fields. Yeah, well, that, all of a sudden now, that's a division I'd love to watch. Yeah, you just don't want to watch. <laughs> At the moment, it's Rogers just pounding everybody. But... <laughs> it's like the it's like the big you know the the big twelve year old at, at league who's just four hundred kilos bigger than everyone else. <laughs> He's already got a mustache. Yeah, that guy yeah. <laughs> just running up, running through people. Yeah, yeah. Everyone had a guy like that in their league. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So for all my right. last one, so tight end. Let's go tight end. Kyle Pitts. So. The, the next great tight end. I hate myself for this one, but I'm putting him with the Patriots because they, they they want their Gronk again. Oh, man. I heard one of the Sunday night guys, um, yes, Monday night guys, saying how, uh, you know, they've had like 15 catches by their tight ends this year. All their tight ends, 15 catches. Yeah. That's deplorable. It is. Deplorable. It is. So, you know, if they were to go out and say... Say say the rumours come true and they do go after like a Stafford or they get someone, surely they're not going to pay Cam to come back again because I think Cam was only on a one-year deal. (laughs) Yeah, a very incentive-laden one too, so I don't think he earned much money. (laughs) And rightly so. But, you know, if if they do get a quarterback in there like a a Stafford or someone like that who can use the tight end, um, and, you know, we know Josh McDaniel's scheme is, is that sort of thing. Kyle Pitts is, is great. Like, he's, he's a massive mismatch. You know, I've, well, I hate myself. There's no there. more tight end needy team than the Patriots. Well, this success. And the other team that seemed to run without a tight end at all to speak of has been Arizona until Dan Arnold turned up two weeks ago. <laughs> what the hell is that? Um, so, you know, if it's not Arizona, it's probably New England, right? Probably. I would say so. Everyone else seems to have their guy. So, you know, unless you want to go more of your two tight ends. So I, I I couldn't see someone like Philly sort of moving on, or oh, maybe move on Earths and then plug him in behind Goddard. But that's a lot of money for you know, a position you've sort of got covered. Yeah. So Goddard looks fine. Earths is going to cost a lot of money this year, so it'll be interesting if he's back. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, give him to New England and all right. Watch me curse. Put him in New England. I'll write that one in. And that's me done, man. There's a heap of defensive ones, but it doesn't mean a lot to to guys. So in terms of, I've had a lot anyway. of fun doing the imagination stuff, though. That's been great. Just mm. you know, imagining the circumstance which puts people there, and then imagining what the circumstance looks like once that person's there. That's been a heap of fun. Well, Thanks so much, Mike. That's right. We've done, we've done that a few times. We did that um, when there's rumors of Brady going to the Jets, and what does that look like? It's it's good fun. It's a good fun game. Play oh, we, <laughs> we've talked about that sort of stuff in history a lot, and we didn't talk nearly as much this year as we usually do off mic. Um, so we'll have to bring a bit of that back. But I'll get you on again through the off-season as well to talk more about the Dynasty rookie draft as that gets closer to being important, man, if you're happy to come back. Yeah, absolutely, man. That sounds great. Well, thanks so much, man. That's all right. Anytime. And congrats to both Astro winners. Very well played. You thoroughly deserved your wins. Now, I'm going to go ahead and assume you mean the Astros redraft league, Scuba, and the Astros keeper league, Jolly yeah. Joel. But you're not talking about the Champions League because that's the one I want. I don't congratulate uh, you. Hey, give me any credit. You earned that title as well, my friend. It's, you beat the best of the best <laughs> for last year anyway. Not so much this year. I trundled in as a 6-6 six and six team into the playoffs <laughs> to beat the 9-3 and three team who were amazing all year and just had two bad weeks. It just feels like the hollowest championship ever, but... I almost feel like I should uh, defer that to Rye because he's seen him so much better all year. <laughs> Anyhow. Mate, I'm going to let you go, but thank you again for joining me and uh, we'll catch up with you again in the very near future. Will do. Haskins has just been an absolute turd. You could be understood for being you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I had a Ron Jeremy size boner going for in there. <laughs> Your in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. We're just going to have to realise that he's just... Playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor Nail, I've got to say. So great to talk to Mr. Dynasty, Marky Mark. In fact, over here, when we see that word, we pronounce it dynasty, but just for the purposes of how that is pronounced in this genre, we're going to go with dynasty. If you want to find a league to adopt a team and try your hand at a longer and more in-depth version of fantasy, he is your guy to ask. And it's been a terrific introduction to dynasty and starts off a nice series of shows on the topic of long format stuff, which is all in the pipeline at the moment. Now, a big news flash off the mic this week too. Mark had a great idea regarding discussion and further exploration of subjects within our owners group survey. His idea really is worth trying too, given how little effort it would take. So here it is in a nutshell. We're gonna pick a date and a time to schedule a forum in the league talk indicate your availability and interest, and then we'll add you to a brand new group called Astros Forum. Come prepared with your questions and ideas about the things that sort of fell in that 60 to 65% range in the survey, but also for the things that just needed greater discussion, like defensive scoring and the idea of trading draft picks. If you can't be there at this nominated time, we're yet to decide, but you still want to talk about a point or um, you've got something that you want to contribute, drop it into the forum group in text form anyway, because we will still bring it up. And what we'll do then is on the scheduled day, simply use that Facebook group as a messenger phone call where we can all see each other, we can all hear each other, everyone will get a chance to hold, you know, the spirit stick or whatever it is that lets each other talk and really does meet out the details, especially on some of these big questions too. Defensive scoring, trading draft picks are pretty big decisions. So let's get that process started this week, working out how this is going to work, picking times, dates and starting to get that group together. But you know what? It's time to go. Next week, we're going to talk to TC about the Keeper League, the off-season in there, and what changes will be coming. We are the Astro League. We are getting out of here. 
You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. I'm your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C. I'll be back next week. Hop on to Facebook and Instagram too. I'm putting up different content in different ways all the time now. We're using more stories, live TV. We're using reels. We're trying everything out there to try and get new ways to get people to engage with the show and tell us more about what their league does when they're not actually playing. All right, this is Matty C signing out. I'll catch up with you next week, guys. Uru. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.